Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above on this very rainy Monday here in my part of the world. Mondays and rain eh, makes it hard to get out of bed. And of course, how many of you are noticing the time change and it's darker in the morning where I was just liking the whole idea of it being light when I woke up at six and now it's dark again, at least for a while. So it makes it harder to get yourself out and up and going, but I managed to do that this morning and I see all of you have done that as well. Good morning to you, Susie and awesome Tanya and Kajella, uh, Susie or Ainsley, which is probably Tom. Uh, <laughs> hi, Tom and Christine Buckingham. Good morning. Susie Gemini says, yes, the time change. I know the time change gets easier as time goes on and, um, here in the U.S., we are considering changing to a permanent sort of daylight savings time, which I think I, I like the idea of changing to one or the other, but it's going to make for very late sunrises in the winter once we change to that, at least for us in the northern, you know, one third of the country. And I can't even imagine uh, Alaska and uh, if Canada goes the same way as we do, uh, what it's going to look like there. Um, I mean, likely it won't even be light here uh, until maybe 8.15, 8.30. I don't think that's a good plan at all, but whatever, right? We go with the flow. Um, anyway, time is just, it's a, it's a construct anyway, right? It's, it's not real. Uh, we've just done that to make sure that we're on work, to work on time, or to our doctor's appointments on time, or to our, you fill in the blank, on time. So time is something that we've given it um, meaning too. So Corey, good morning to you. And uh, Tom said he went through four time zones in four days. Indeed, going from Western Canada to Eastern Canada will do that to you. Nico Vasquez, good morning. Well, he says he or he says or she. I'm not sure. Nico is usually a man. So good morning. Watching from Tucson, Arizona. It's probably a whole lot warmer there right now. And happy springtime to all of you if you are in the northern hemisphere and happy fall or autumn to you if you are in the southern hemisphere. And I kind of uh, wanted to spend today talking about the chart, the ingress chart for spring. And let's define what is an ingress chart. Um, ingress just means a moving into of a planet or uh, a, some some change uh, or event that we can draw a chart up for. So for every season, um, we can draw up a chart. And because the spring equinox or when the sun gets to zero Aries, it becomes not only the new uh, season, it becomes the new year astrologically. So to draw up a chart of that particular day at that particular moment, we get a picture sort of of the dynamics at work behind the scenes as we start to move forward into uh, the, the zodiac year. And I mean, it's not a one-on-one -on -one correlation, but we get this idea of the momentum, like what momentum is building. And when we do that, we can sort of see, okay, what do we need to watch out for? What are some of the positive things, the expressions of this particular year going to be? And of course, you can also do that for your own personal chart. You can set your chart for the day and time of the spring equinox or the fall equinox. And you can see where the planets are lined up for you by transit. And you can get a picture too for you about what is happening uh, or what might happen or what to watch out for as you go on through the year. And of course, a lot of that depends on your personal charts, houses, where is it happening, right? Those, the houses, the what is happening is the signs and the planets, the relationship uh, between the planets at the time, give us another clue as to how everybody is going to play together, right? How's all the, how are all the transits going to play together? And again, it's just a snapshot in time, but it, it gives us sort of uh, the, the ability to tap into or look at what comes next. And then as well, we can do that with human design. So today I've done a human design chart for the spring equinox. 
and as well I have done a spring equinox astrology chart so we're going to talk about both um, when we talk about human design the human design new year is not in sync with the astrological new year it begins on January 22nd uh, 20th to 22nd depending on the year and that begins when the sun moves into the gate 41 which sits on the root center and it's the gate of imagination so what we see is that the year uh, the astrological year for human design for the energy of the year begins at the gate that starts out with an idea uh, a picture uh, an imagination what could we do what could be what's the possibilities right it's dream it's fantasy as well but the the truth about anything that we uh, produce here in our 3d reality is is that it begins with something that comes from the imagination if we had no imagination we would have no uh things that we have created in the outer world so our creative ability and imagination are linked through the gate 41 and then throughout the year as we start to move from january 22nd this is human design now as we move from january 22nd it becomes about crusting in uh, uh bringing into reality or what was the word i was trying to think of bringing it in crystallizing it Ugh crystallizing our imagination into reality so if it just stays up in the imagination then again it's not serving us in any way right so we have to be able to bring it down and make it real and then from there the rest of the year goes on now in astrology we start at zero degrees aries because that is the date the gate the the degree of the sign that we see as the biggest beginning of all as in zero degrees aries is the sign of the the first sign of the zodiac so at springtime when we get to the zero aries mark all things are new again and it just so happens in the northern hemisphere that it coincides with spring and everything is springing new right i noticed i have crocus and daffodils coming up and likely my iris will be starting to peep up through the ground pretty soon so we we see the effect of spring and the new beginning that zero degrees aries brings us but aries is also a sign of boldness and of youth and immaturity so we also see again a new birth but that birth beginning in a way that is full of promise full of potential but that potential is not yet crystallized. So we've just walked through a gateway, if you will, of raw, pure potential. And what are we going to do with it, right? Nothing in astrology is fatalistic. So it's not that, um, you know, if if we see, well, we do have a couple of transits here, like Uranus in an inconjunct or a sex, semi-sextile to Chiron. Does that mean we're doomed to feel pain and wounding all year long? no no not at all it's not that fatalistic it's about what you choose to do with it right what if the choice is yours you have free will you get to choose what am i going to do with this energy right what am i gonna what am i gonna do with it and so we are going to talk about well what are some of the transits that are happening in in conjunction with that then we're going to look at the human design energy of it as well so uh i got a couple of announcements to make one congratulations to our dear asa as she has uh her daughter gave birth to a little girl on saturday named savannah she's an adorable little girl and long awaited as she was due she was supposed to be born on friday via c-section and they had a specific time for that but then the hospital got backed up and so on and on and on it went until finally on saturday uh, little savannah was born i don't have all the deets yet as far as how much she weighed or whatever i just know that mom and baby are doing well and of course asa is over the moon so we send congratulations out there to asa much love to her and gwen her daughter and savannah and i'll be darned if i can remember savannah's daddy's name but him as well especially since he's involved right uh and as well her uh asa's stepfather had a surgery that day that went without a hitch so he's doing well 
as well. So it's been kind of a dramatic week for Miss Asa. Uh, anyway, so we have that. Uh, and then let's see the other, what was the other announcement I was going to say? It went right out of my head. Maybe it was just her grant, her stepdad. I just want to make sure I didn't forget him as well. So anyway, we had some good stuff happening. Uh, my weekend was kind of interesting. Saturday, uh, we had a celebration of life for my son Brian's best friend, Isaiah, who passed away on December 11th, uh, literally just five months to the day after Brian had passed away. And of course, that sent a ripple of shock throughout our entire family because it was just another reminder that Brian was gone. And uh, it was interesting because we were asked to speak at the uh, celebration of life and uh, so hard, right? Because it it's so hard to stay focused on who it is that you want to talk about because you're still so raw about your own experience. But the people in his family were so wonderful and so uh, cheered us on to get up there and actually speak about Isaiah. And uh, I told a tale of two Isaiahs because Isaiah was a part of our family as a kid because he was Brian's friend growing up. And they were all a bunch of skateboarding guys. And so they would, you know, go haunt the town with the skateboards and then come home to my house. I think his mom lived a little further outside of town. So my house was closer to in town and they would show up at my house and, and go through the refrigerator. I said, I told them I went through crates of top ramen and tomato sauce that makes quick spaghetti. If you've never tried it, it's kind of awesome. And uh, so we, we were able to share all of the youthful memories, but then Brian and Isaiah sort of separated for a time. I think, you know, life took Brian one direction, took Isaiah a different direction. And they came back together. And I remember being at a barbecue at Brian's house and this beautiful man uh, comes up and gives me a hug and tells me how much he loves me. And it's so good to see you, mom. And I'm like, who are you? And it was Isaiah. I mean, I recognized him, but I didn't recognize him. He had grown into such a beautiful young man. He was an MMA fighter. So he was muscular and beefy and just gorgeous. And um, anyway, so I got to share all of that good information and cry and get, you know, release as well. So uh, that was my Saturday. And then yesterday, oh my goodness, yesterday, well, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been on this roller coaster of new information coming in. And a part of it, I think, started last Tuesday, the 15th, when the nodes shifted to the 2343, where the north node is at the 23. And uh, let me make sure I'm doing that correctly. Yes, I am. And the south node at the 43, which is a channel in everybody's human design. You guys are likely experiencing this on some level as well, because suddenly there are ideas out there. Suddenly there are aha moments, epiphanies even, revelations even. And sometimes those revelations are things that we can't quite put words to. And that's where I've found myself for most of the week is like, how do, how do I, how do I put voice behind all these things, these, these changes that I'm going through as this energy is really revving through. And here we are in the beginning of a new year, a spring equinox, new year astrologically with this new energy, really just a be, about a week old that's driving us to have these moments of extra, extraordinary clarity about who we are, about what we're here to do, about who we're here to be, and uh, even about what comes next in your life. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping you guys are also having these kind of aha moments in your own lives as uh, things are being revealed. It can't help but be revealed because the 4323 complete an entire channel. It's one of the few places in the chart where the sun and the earth or the north node and the south node will form an, a, a, uh, a channel and a complete an energy. So that's happening for everybody, but it has really had an impact on me. And I'm noticing things like what I started out in my, in, my uh, first metaphysical inklings, if you will, not astro inklings, but metaphysical inklings. Uh, began 
with this idea of sharing information. It wasn't about just astrology. It wasn't about human design. In fact, it was really not subject oriented. It was about what I called an odyssey to truth. Um, it, it was be, beginning to be sort of like the journey I was on as all of these different things would come to me. And sometimes it was uh, think books like uh, A Course in Miracles. And other times it was the idea of uh, theta healing, right? Be, that we could be our own healers and that we could help one another heal uh, from physical, mental, emotional, spiritual issues. And then, you know, astrology and then crystals. And I mean, it went on and on. I mean, there was this watershed of new things that were coming up. Some of those things were things I just knew. I didn't have to, like, I remembered them and then I could share them with other people. So I felt like for a good chunk of my time uh, as a metaphysician that I was sort of creating uh, like a bicycle wheel, right? A bicycle wheel. And here I was in this hub, the hub of the wheel with all of these spokes and all of the world and all of these people on the outer wheel that I would shove information to, right? I would be giving people, feeding people uh, information to or insights to. And I always remember thinking that I was like this hub, this hub. And, and, and initially when I had set up a website and so forth, it was about sharing events, people's work. Uh, the different things that were available, knowledge, books, videos, whatever it was that was coming to me, I was sharing with people. And then somewhere along the line that shifted to astrology. And of course, astrology and this other metaphysical stuff are they're sort of going along parallel to one another, like parallel lives. And uh, everything that I was doing seemed to shift over to astrology and then ultimately to human design. And then next thing you know, I'm on air broadcasting all of this different information for people. But I lost sight of something. I lost sight that I was sharing new insights with people all the time. And even though I'm sharing insights with you in the morning, astrological ones or uh, human design or Pleiadian earth energy, I guess I still was doing it. I just wasn't conscious about what I was really doing until last week when that shift happened. And I went, right. So I decided that a part of my journey is going to be your journey, that I'm going to take you with me on this wild ride of things that have been happening in my life. Um, that I do tend to share some of that with you, but there's so much more right, that has been happening behind the scenes. And your journey is not going to be my journey. Your journey could be similar. It could be very dissimilar, except the fact that we're all on a journey, right? So the journeys may be different, but we are all on the journey. And I think that a good part of this is about sharing that journey with people, right? Allowing other people to see the wonder and the awe and the magic, the mysticism, the spirituality uh, that comes when we share our experiences. You know, we lost this. This was a, we, we were a humanity, were tribes of people and we would sit around a fire perhaps at night and we would share stories, right? The oral history of our uh, heritage, the oral history of our people and our experiences. And we don't do this anymore, right? We don't, we don't share in that same way. And we have all the tools, whether we believe it or not, we have all the tools to be able to share this, maybe just not in the same way, right? We, we could, if I could have, a, I could light a metaphysical fire here for us, right? And set the space for us to be sitting around the campfire and we're going to share stories and uh, share about our journeys, our pathways, and how they interconnect and how they intersect, and how yours is going to be so entirely different from mine, yet there's this one seed of truth that's going through it. We're all on the hunt for answers, right? We all want to know, and uh, we all want to experience. We all want to feel. We all want to be loved. We all want to be heard, valued, recognized. We all have these common things but in a way we have, you know, gotten, we've gotten disconnected from that. So, so we're always on this, you know, 
trek, if you will, to find more of those answers. And that trek is often taking us to the outer world. But in reality, we also hold all those answers on the inner planes. It's here within us. And this weekend, Sunday, yesterday, I am going to share a part of this journey with you that I, I have had a book in my possession forever. I buy books and then I, I hold them. Like I, this week has been a buy books week for me. So I wasn't digging into any of those books though. I was digging into this book that I've had in my possession for a while called The Prism of Lyra. And The Prism of Lyra is written by Lissa Royal Holt. And Lissa Royal Holt, you might recall her name because she's also the author of the uh, Galactic Heritage deck of cards, the Oracle cards that we use. Um, so hmm, I've got them hidden in here somewhere. I'll go find them before we do readings today. Uh, anyway, so she wrote this book called The Prism of Lyra, and it is a story. It is the story of the different races or galactic races. So we're not talking about the races here just on this planet, but we're talking about the galactic races that have made up the experiment that is the earth or the new template for who we were all going to be. So we could say it's like our galactic sisters and brothers and how it is that we came to be. And there, there are many types of beings that have contributed to our DNA, to our uh, process of becoming more of an awakened uh, species. And this is a fairly long story, so I probably will reveal it over time. Or if you want to jump ahead, get the book, The Prism of Lyra. And what we see in the beginning is a group of entities of spirits named the founders, right? The founders. And the founders are sort of, if you want to say, sort of the group that does God's will, if you will, or uh, the work of the creator in creating the beings on the planet. And they, they begin a process of creating beings that would be able to hold duality or hold polarity. And it was uh, brought to a species, the Lyrans, and they took it in one direction. Uh, it was also given to the Syrians, and the Syrians took it in a different direction. Uh, the Lyrans believed it would be uh, them using their power for in service of the whole, and the Syrians initially was were in service to the self, and so seemingly two you know polarized opposites, one based in sharing and giving, and the other based in more of domination. Those sound sort of like parts of our own selves, right? And then the Pleiadians get involved with this uh, group. And it's because the Pleiadians had a softer side, right? They, they really wanted to elevate a group of beings that could be integrated both with, uh, have an integration of the, the two polarities, the two dualities, service to self, service to the whole. And the, the story goes that these different races contributed to the DNA of the native hominids that were here on the planet so the the humanoid subspecies so we can go way back to australopithecus maybe or even uh this would be all before cro-magnon man right so we've got these species and then all of a sudden a leap happens and we know this this science has also proven this out there was a huge leap that happened uh about 10 to twelve thousand years ago in our dna maybe it's 35,000 years ago in our DNA that allowed for our larynx to descend and give us voice and for some other changes that happened in our DNA that no one can really trace to how that happened, right? No one, not even science has been able to trace. Like there was just this evolutionary leap and suddenly we were uh, homo sapiens. And the reason, of course, all that happens from behind the scenes is that our DNA was being uh, in, uh, upgraded by other beings. And I know this sounds mad crazy, but it also feels so true, so right, that, that that's why I'm so into this at this moment is that this feels like it's answering some bigger questions, right? Bigger questions that I've been asking. 
so anyway, and then the, and then these, you know, wars happen between these different galactic beings. And a lot of that is centered on what is going to be the direction that humanity is, is going to go in. And some, you know, we're like hands off and, you know, we don't want, we don't want to manipulate this. We are, you know, the prime directive, you know, don't get involved, observe, but don't get involved. And others were like, oh no, we got to get involved. So there was this, you know, kind of uh, argument going on. And then uh, uh, the next part of the story I'll share is how this relates to some of the things that we get through the Bible, the story of Adam and Eve and uh, the snake and all of that and how that gets all misinterpreted. And uh, anyway, so there's this story, right? This, this wonderful story. It's a, it's a galactic story. Now, some of you are already aware that I've been into galactic astrology as well throughout this time. And so I'm finally taking that and using it, getting my certification to be able to share that with people, because we are all a part of that story as our soul arose from some other place. We didn't arise here as humans, right? You're here now as a human. You agreed from some other uh, system or some other uh, story to come in to help elevate earth and, and humanity to a certain level, right? It's like we're holding the bridge between how you can be in service to the self, but also in service to the whole. So we're kind of the species that's meant to heal the whole idea of duality, to be able to hold both, right? The creative energy of both. And uh, so your soul has this galactic heritage and it's linked with astrology. And it's linked with astrology in that all of the nine planets in our solar system, or including Pluto, so I'm including Pluto, uh, are linked somehow to your soul's uh, evolution. And if we go back, the furthest we go back is Pluto. Pluto would have been sort of the first, the uh, soul um, birth, if you will. So when I look at mine, I go back all the way to Andromeda. So there's Andromeda um is my soul's origination if you will and then you come through other uh, uh, places and eventually you know you come into the earth and you come through different densities and different dimensions because your being here in this moment even though we're in a 3d world uh flesh and blood physical world you are also alive in all of these other dimensions or these other densities, if you will. So when we talk about things like ascension and what have you, it's mistake to believe that you aren't already an ascended being because you are. You here on this planet are helping the ascension of this planet, right? So that's a process more of remembering the truth of who you are and not you having to become something in order to do that. So it's a distinct difference, right? Than uh, us believing we're that this little itty bitty thing on this little itty bitty planet in this little no, you know, backwater solar system of the Milky Way galaxy, because you're so much more than what you think you are, and you are multi-dimensional. You are multi-dense beings. We all are. Even the people that you don't like, you can name the one person that you can't stand on this planet. Uh, or in your life. And that person is also a multidimensional being and is also so much more than what we are seeing in them. So much more than what we've given them credit for or ourselves credit for. So one of the best things that we can do for ourselves during this time period, especially we have a new birth happening. We have this energy of the 4323 giving us this watershed of of ahas and revelations that are possible, take that and grow your soul here on this planet. Invite others to hear a message, to, to invite them to be their truth and to be able to uh, interweave these stories, interweaving a new story of humanity even. That's interesting too, because when we look at human design right now, um, the, what is it? Who's at 13? Uh, oh, wait, today's the 20th. That's why. So Venus has just moved into the gate 13 uh, today, which is so fascinating because the 13 is about the stories that we tell, right? Our soul stories. 
So here I am trying to inform you of what your soul story is and how you are an ancient being housed in a human body for help in bringing this planet to a place where it lives with duality in peace. Now that may take some time yet, right? It may take a lot of time yet. Just take a look at the outer world right now. It's going to take us some time. But every one of us that wakes up to that being our potential, to understanding and, and that we're awakening to knowledge of who we really are, every time we do that, and every time we facilitate somebody in our family or our friends also doing that awakening, we are creating that awakening, a ripple effect, if you will, throughout the planet. So we have lots of fun stuff that we can talk about, not just astrological, not just human design, but galactic, right? You are a galactic being. So, hmm, right? Uh, and eventually what I'm going to be doing probably this week, I'm going to try to get this done this week, is to shift readings onto my website that are going to be galactic in nature and um, then allow you to see your own template, right? There's a whole chart that I can draw up for you that is going to show you your soul's evolution, how you, where you started from, right? Where did you start from? And what, and as we move to the inner um, uh, solar system, so we move from Pluto to Neptune to Uranus and Saturn, Jupiter, and what have you, you see your soul's evolution through all of the different groups that you have been a part of. And then, of course, the next step is to learn about those groups, right? To learn about the Lyrans, to learn about the Andromedans, to learn about the Arcturians, the Syrians, the Pleiadians, and, and there are so many more, right? So learning about each of them and what they bring to our destiny as humans, what they bring to our um, uh, awakening process, and what you have within you that you bring to this process as well. So cool stuff, guys. I'm so excited by all of that. And of course, I'm reading the Prism of Lyra yesterday. And uh, for what, oh, I usually read and I have my phone sitting next to me and my phone buzzed and I had been having a conversation with one of my daughters. So I picked up the phone to see if it was from her and it wasn't. It was YouTube informing me of a video. And I'm going to share this video. I'm going to make a note to do it because I'm going to share this video with you from a guy named Aaron Abke and I forgot the other two guys, Jason Shakur and this guy over here. I don't remember his name, Todd, Tom, ah, don't remember his name, but anyway, I'm going to share this video with you because it's a video series that's beginning. It's an eight part series and um, the words that these guys were talking about. I think it's called the Revelation series. They were talking about the exact same things I was just reading about in the Prism of Lyra. I was like, right? Validation. Another source now coming back and saying the same things. I mean, why would my phone have done that right, right then as I'm reading the exact same thing? And so I listened to that video and it's a little out there right there. This stuff is a little out there. It's not your, your usual, you know, run of the mill information. It's a lot more than that. And deep and wonderful and mind blowing. So I'll be sharing that with, uh, on Facebook and I'll share it on Instagram as well, likely if I can. So if you are, I don't know how I could share that on, I guess I could share it here, the link, if I could find it really quickly. Um, so that it would be on YouTube. But at any rate, so much stuff for you all to explore. And I'm just going to be feeding you this information, right? These things as they come up. Your story isn't my story, except that we are all on the same journey. We're all on a journey to awakening and discovery and exploration. But the path of that journey is going to be different for everybody. So just know that you guys might come into something I've never heard about, in which case you have this place that you can share, right? You share your ahas, you share your moments. And uh, we want to hear about your awakening as well. Um, Tom says, one of my favorite quotes, there are many paths up the mountain, but the view from the top is the same. Exactly what I'm saying, Tom. Thank you. You said that so succinctly. And uh, let's see, Natasha, 
uh, what a gift for you to show that side of you in a more more open way. It's funny, I'm getting the same message to show my humanness. That platform may be Facebook or YouTube, haven't figured it out yet. Um, you know, your butts are kind of on the line when you do this too, because I know how mad, crazy, some of what I'm coming up with or seeing and reading uh, is. How it, it just flies in the face of everything that we think we know about ourselves. But when I know it's truth, I know it's truth because there's this kernel of truth <laughs> that is inside of us. I usually call it my bullshit meter. And it, it, it gets activated if it's BS. And when it's truth, it feels so right, like it's landed, right? We all have that. So, you know, take what you, from this information that I share, take what sounds true to you, take what feels right and follow it. I usually call it pulling the threads, right? I'm just going to follow this until it gets me to a, 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 a place, to an answer, to an, another path, right? So that is um, the exciting things that I've been doing here. And thank you, Natasha, for saying that. And I would encourage you to do it on all of the platforms that you feel called to, to share them with. Lisa Kaplan says, it's one of my favorite books. That's the first deck I ever bought myself years ago, the Galactic deck. I love that. Um, the story that you are reading feels like home, Natasha said. And that's 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 the the truth that I felt, Natasha. It was like coming home. I felt it the moment, uh, and this was actually a couple of months back that I actually got my galactic chart when I found out that my oldest soul um, place of, of uh, origin was Andromeda. And it answered so many questions from me because the Andromedan world is not a 3D world. It's like 12D. So it's very etheric. It doesn't exist really in the physical, in the where you can see it. And I've always felt like there was just something so etheric about what I really wanted to say, but, or who I wanted to be, but I have these feet planted on this planet. So I had to be in this physical reality. And it's difficult sometimes to be able to put to words what it is that you feel, see, sense, know from other places and other times. Once you get to this 3D world, I feel like I've lived many lifetimes of telepathy or uh, you know, some kind of picture um, language, because language is difficult to put it into, you know, get your voice box to say the words that are coming to you from God knows where, right, is hard. And so that is a part of this journey as well. For me, it might not be your journey, it could be a totally different journey. Maybe you've spent many lifetimes in these uh, on earth or in a denser reality that, you know, you become a master at speaking or of sharing, writing, talking, whatever, you know, conversing. Um, and you can see that in your galactic heritage, which is so fascinating. Uh, okay. So Lisa, I love how the cards explain the integration of the lesson as past, present, future, parallel, acknowledging the multidimensionality of time and space. Interesting to Lisa, because I think it was on Friday after I did the um, meetup with everybody, because I know you were there at the meetup. Um, I uh, went back to the, the certification uh, course that I'm taking, and I was reading something about um, the idea of multidimensionality. And she she says in the in the in the piece that I'm reading, you know, go here, watch this video or read this thing. So I'm like, hmm, OK. I have time, I'm gonna do it. So I come to an article and this is on a group called medium.com. So I think you can get some free articles. I think I might be able to share it even now since I purchased um, Medium. And it was an article about the one most complete guide to the spiritual dimensions of reality written by a gentleman named Alan Liu. And he, he, he wrote this article to clear up what's the difference between dimensions and densities, what is transcending versus transmuting, what are the limitations of our human concepts, how many dimensions are there, how many, what are the myths of the higher dimensions. And so he goes through this entire article. It is pages long. I haven't even gotten through it yet. So that was something that was like this awakening moment as well. 
that uh, I suddenly realized I've got to share this, but I have, I want to, I don't want to just share random stuff to people and have you all go, well, where's that coming from? (laughs) So thus this conversation this morning, I'm probably going to start sharing some very different things for all of you. And I didn't want you to go, oh, she's tipped over to the crazy side, right? She's lost it. (laughs) She's, She's gone loopy because perhaps I have, but it's so fascinating, right, to do this and to watch how all of these different pieces keep clicking together. That's what's so amazing to me. Everything is falling into place, like these little pieces in a, you know, like a how a clock ticks, right? And the things come down to, you know, the hour and the clock rings or something. So it's amazing. Um, Michelle, good morning. It's good to see you. J-Lo, hello to you. Uh, Lisa says the validation was happening to me so much this weekend with new info I was putting together. And yeah, most people start with angel cards. I start with galactic, <laughs> never knew what to do with it. And, and that's okay, right? The, the, uh, it doesn't matter where you start. You start with what interests you, what's calling to you, what's showing up, right? That's what you start with. And then you just follow the threads. Uh, J-Lo, I've been going through that for a while, jumping all over, looking like a nutty professor. So true. So me too. And Christine says, I was told Master Andromedan on a chart I had done a few years back, other places too. It sounds like you're going to farm more depth with your starseed readings. Yeah, I think because that's a really good point because I, I wonder, I, I, you know, everything happens in the right and perfect order right? Everything happens in the right timing. The right timing for me might have been spending these years in astrology, then then seeing uh, human design and the gene keys and the Pleiadian astrology leading me to the starseeds type of or galactic astrology. It makes sense, right? Because you almost have to have the basis of one in order to really understand how the other one fits and how the archetypes all work together and, and what have you. So it is like, Kajela saying, creating a tapestry. It is, it's a tapestry of things, of information, of knowledge, of awarenesses that, that um, we are, we're all weaving, you know, in this period of time. So uh, it just happens to be the time for me to bring this other part out more and more. And I, I know why, I know why, right? We're per- being prepared for first contact, if you will, for, um, for us to be recognized and for us to recognize our galactic family. And in order to do that, we have got to clear some hurdles as human beings, right? How would we embrace another race of beings from our galactic citizenry if we can't even embrace the different colors of the skin here on our own planet, right? If we can't embrace one another from whatever country, from whatever belief system, from whatever color of skin, from whatever, you know, culture. So we have a lot of work that we are doing here. And this is why some of this is like gaining this big, you know, voice over the last couple of years, because the time is coming for us to meet our galactic brothers and sisters. But again, can we do that? How how would we greet them when we can't even greet each other, in some cases with love, right? So we have a lot of work to do in being able to come to a point of peace within uh, our own races, within our own differences, uh, and before we can actually become those galactic citizens. So I feel like I'm a way shower, a preparer of uh, the eventuality, the importance of what we have to do within ourselves in order to prepare for that, because it's happening. It's happening, right? And there's a lot of fear associated with it, right? How many abduction stories have you heard? How many, you know, UFO stories do we get where, you know, it's all about, are they going to attack us? And, um, you know, we create things like Space Force where, uh, you know, people, I guarantee you, are out there working to develop weaponry that will repel uh, our galactic brothers and sisters in some way. And I'm not saying that they're all good. I'm sure they're just like we are, right? There are some with the positive intentions. There are some in the more negative, but we have to, as a, as a, as a, a race, as a, uh, humanity, we have to be able to embrace others and love others for their differences and for their sameness, 
before we can actually embrace our galactic citizenry. So that's where we're headed. Um, so um, random is this course, the galactic astrology one with Julia Balaz. And absolutely it is. I hope, are you doing that, Lisa? If you are, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. I actually have, it started not as a certification course. I actually just started reading all about the different, uh, there was another course that she did that was just about starseeds astrology and our galactic heritage. So I started there and then got invited to take this course. And I went, okay, why not? Right. Why not? Um, it's where I'm feeling called to go. So that's what I am doing. Uh, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do astrology or human design. It just means, I think what it means is I'm bringing them all together, right? I'm bringing them all together. So we see a complete picture of the multidimensional you and the earthling you. So I hope all that makes sense. Okay. Wow. I didn't know I was going to jump into that this morning. Let's take a look while you guys are coming up with what you think and all of that, because <laughs> I would love to hear what you think about all of this. Uh, let's talk about the spring equinox, right? That's the whole purpose of our chat. And I'm actually, uh, let's see, did I bring that chart up? Uh, I did. Okay. So I'm going to share my screen for everybody. So you can see what the chart looks like. And this of course was from yesterday and it's a Chrome tab and that one, there we go. So I've, I've minimized this chart somewhat, taken out a lot of the things that I typically will share so that you can see what the chart looks like in a more simplistic form. And of course, here we have the sun at zero degrees, zero minutes, zero seconds of Aries. So it's right here uh, in the sign of new beginnings, in the sign of boldness, courage to step forward, right? Stepping into a new reality. What are we doing this morning? right? Stepping into a new reality. And it is in a sign that we also know is ruled by Mars. And Mars is a planet of action. It is a, a fairly youthful and impulsive planet. It's a warrior planet. So, and, you know, warrior maybe has an unfortunate um, meaning that we equate with it, uh, you know, uh, for destruction and what have you. But let's think of ourselves maybe as spiritual warriors where we are boldly, bravely, courageously stepping forward into unity or into a new reality, right? That's, that's the way that we can look at the potential here is our ability to move boldly into something new, a new way of being. And it's also a contrary kind of planet and a sign that often brings up confrontations, conflict. So we've also got to work on healing ourselves inside of the conflicts that come up, right? How, how do we work through our own inner conflicts? How do we work through our conflicts that we might have with people in our outer world, with our beliefs, with our health, with our, you name it, you fill in the blank, right? We all have this time period where we can, uh, start looking at our conflicts, our um, experiences with new eyes, right? And boldly moving into a new energy. And it won't be much longer here before the sun comes into a conjunction with Chiron and then with Pallas Athena. And those that, that sort of sets us up for the healing process of all of this. Maybe if we realized how magnificent we really were, how multidimensional we really are, how much in connection with what we term God or source we are, we would see ourselves in a different way. We would see our brothers and sisters in a different way, right? We would see everything that's happening on this planet in a different way. And that's the invitation right now, right? To, to, to be able to elevate, to be able to move through your own challenges with boldness, assertiveness with uh, courage, right? Courage of your convictions even. And when we look at the sun, there isn't anything else really sitting at zero degrees of another sign. However, the moon, the sun's sort of partner in all of this, the ego expression of the sun, the inner expression of the moon, the moon was at almost zero degrees of Scorpio. 
So 29 degrees, 54 minutes. So bullet burning the zero degrees of Scorpio. And so what we have is a relationship between the sun and the moon is called an inconjunct. So there is something off between our ego self and our more spiritual self that we have to be able to adjust and make changes to, to uh, let go of something perhaps, to be able to, um, to, to merge these two energies, the inner and the outer selves. We have this uh, thing that we have to do. We have to adjust, right? So we have to be able to see ourselves maybe from a more objective viewpoint. And of course, we also have the nodes shifting, the south node moving through Scorpio and our moon then moving toward that south node today. Today, the moon's actually in Scorpio uh, in an opposition to Uranus. Uh, so what we have, which this chart is from the spring equinox. This isn't today's chart. Uh, so we, we get the setup here for some adjusting that we're going to have to do through this year, but also through this season, right? So it all begins in this season, but it's a, a world uh, event for the year. So we're going to see a lot of adjusting, a lot of coming to new truths, a lot of letting go of the old, uh, and that for the whole of the year. Mm. Now let's look at some of the other planets involved here because Neptune jumped out at me. Neptune is right here at 23 degrees, nine minutes of Pisces. And we see behind it, Jupiter at 18 degrees, Mercury at 1740. That was at the spring equinox and, or the equinox itself. And then um, we see, okay, what else is at 23 degrees? Well, we have the nodes right across 23 degrees, right? The North node at 23 Taurus and the South node at 23 Scorpio. So Neptune is a very important player as we move through this equinox gate because it is creating that spiritual, um, I'm going to use the word ascension. It's creating this, the potential for our spiritual ascension. But I don't want you to look at it as, you know, like you're having to move from a low density to a higher density or anything like that. It's just becoming more and more aware of who you are, the truth. And so Neptune is in a positive relationship, a sextile to the North Node, which is also asking us to simplify, right? To simplify our lives. And the Node is at the gate uh, 23, interesting, 23, 23, 23, uh, at the gate 23, which in human design is the gate of simplicity, right? So we, in the shadow, it's become too complex. And so we are making it more simple, right? We're simplifying the simple physical pleasures, perhaps of being on the planet. And part of that simplification is over here in Scorpio, which is about releasing the baggage, the stuff, right? The old grievances, the forgiveness energy is over here. And this is the simplifying energy, the gratitude energy, the appreciation energy. So we see gratitude and appreciation and forgiveness or the suspension of judgment uh, are big themes that are going to be prevalent through all out the rest of this year uh, up until uh, through spring for sure, but also a, a theme that we're going to see play out until next year when we get to zero Aries once more. And then as well, we have Jupiter conjunct Mercury in Pisces. So we have the messenger planet with the planet of expansion and growth coming together. We are elevating not only our minds, which is Mercury driven, but our words. So we are expanding our awareness of the impact our minds thoughts have and expanding the impact or the knowledge of the impact of what our words have on ourselves, but also others. So we see this new coming together of these two planets and they are also fairly close to a conjunction already with Neptune. The exact conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune isn't until April 9th. Mercury will conjunct Neptune later this week. And then um, if you look at them all there for a, a conjunction, we usually give about eight degrees of uh, orb or, you know, the space from which they're um, really affecting one another. And, you know, the furthest distance here from 
uh, there's five degrees difference between Jupiter and Neptune and six degrees between Mercury and Neptune. And even today, as we look at today's chart, uh, Mercury's even closer. So uh, let's see, Mercury today, where did you go? Is at 19 degrees. So it's, you know, moving ahead at a lot faster clip, but coming ever closer to Neptune. So we're speaking and thinking with a more spiritual voice, a more optimistic faith, trust, and surrendering voice. But we're also thinking that way as well. So that's a powerful thing going on here. And again, this is rippling through everybody. These are outer planets with the exception of Mercury that Mercury is touching on, bringing it home to us as individuals. So we have um, power planets that are whose purpose is to cause growth and expansion into the more spiritual realm, but with Mercury bringing it home to our minds and to our communication. We also have... Uh, Venus conjunct Mars, right? They're still, remember, they're together until the end of this month. Pretty much, you know, Venus is pulled away from Mars a bit. Uh, they're starting their separation, but for all intents and purposes, they're only three degrees apart. So they're still in a conjunction, a very creative energy, right? What are we creating? It's innovative. It's fresh. It's the new. It's inventive. It is freedom. It is uh, looking to the future. So the things that we are creating now are focused to the future. And each one of them over the course of the next week are going to come into contact with Saturn, right? So Venus will conjunct Saturn. I think that happens on uh, next week. I think that happens. So they'll begin this process of bringing it home, bringing it into the real. So our creative energy is becoming more formed becoming more real, you know, entering into the realm of uh, the physical world. So we have that going on. Then we also have Uranus in a semi-sextile to Chiron and to Pallas Athena. Here's Pallas and Chiron, and here is Uranus. And a semi-sextile is a little bit of a tension for us to go somewhere, to do something. And the tension that's created here is the tension of cooperation. So we have to be able to, so the Aries part of ourselves, right? The new, bold, courageous, spiritual warrior part of ourselves has to be able to cooperate with the more Taurus part of ourselves, the down to earth, simplification, being in the physical, in the real. So these two have to be able to cooperate. And that's uh, something that we're seeing that will happen throughout the whole of the year. Again, we have this as a key word for 2022, right back in uh, December when we did the uh, astrology of 2022 workshop. And then we also, uh, this is just out of the blue, but um, because I didn't see it until just this moment, but the black moon Lilith that represents our collective shadow that's being expressed right now, that, that thing that we just don't see clearly, which is where we have enacted people-pleasing sort of behaviors where we're not speaking our truth, we're speaking the truth that we think other people want to hear, is in an exact opposition with the galactic center. Wow. Like two seconds apart, 2709 and 2711. So they, this is new galactic information, if you will, coming in to help us heal the shadow to help us speak our truth. No wonder I could very boldly come in today and start to speak to something that was completely different from what I would normally speak about. So there's a raw honesty that's coming into the planet. I like that. I like the feel of some Sagittarian truth coming in here because the galactic center is at 27 degrees, nine minutes right now, <coughs> excuse me, of Sagittarius. And uh, Gemini is where the black moon Lilith is. So we have some, some deep lessons that we're learning about speaking and living our truths. So it's a pretty powerful spring chart when I think about this chart being the, the motif for what it is that we're going to experience. Uh, I feel like it's a very powerful chart, not like powerful in that um, we're going to get carried away or that we're going to have issues around power, but powerful in that it's empowering. Okay. Now, um, well, I stopped the sharing. So hold on, let me share my, holy cow, I cannot believe where this day has gone. So I'm going to share my screen one more time because I want to show you uh, the human design part of this. 
So now, boom, you're seeing the human design chart. And I'll have to do this one a little bit faster. But what we see in the human design chart for spring is that the sun and the earth are, the, are creating some emotional energy. And um, it's, it's an interesting time because the emotions have played such a role in how we behave and has played such a role in our unconsciousness that now we're becoming very aware of the conscious, we're becoming more conscious of our emotions and how our emotions are driving what our actions are. And sometimes that is just reactive as opposed to response. So we're learning a lot about this. Well, as we move into the spring itself, the sun and the earth take up residence here at the gates of love to every season, every turning of the season, the gates of love, which are the 10, the 15, the 46 and the 25 start a new configuration together. So we always start the season with loving energy, with an, with the potential for love. The potential for love here is at the gate 25, which is the gate of universal love, right? That's where the sun is. And then the gate of physical love, the being in, in the embodiment of spirit uh, through the gate 46. So the spring season here, the highest energy of this is about being the embodied spirit, living it, living its truth, living it through love. So we always start the season with love. Uh, next week, we or later this week, we start going through the human design uh, polar opposite of the year where the sun's going through the spleen center and triggering fear. Now we'll start an eight week period of time where the earth is transiting through the gates of fear. So we go from the reminder that we're loving beings that love the were the embodiment of love this week to next week where the earth is going to start challenging us to look through all of our fear energies and the fears are all over here on the spleen so next week we'll have a conversation more about what that's going to mean uh and as well this week we also have mars coming into a square with uranus and then mars in this chart mars today is sitting at the gate Let's see, down today's the 21st. Mars is at the gate 19 down here and the 19 joining up with Saturn at 49, which is the gate of revolution. So we are taking a look here through this at how sensitive we are, how we have all of the abilities to tap into uh, some higher truths, right? To tap into intuition to tap into something more than what we can normally say that we tap into. I call it, not, I'm not the only one that calls it this, the morphogenetic field, where the field of all potential is energetically, right? So we are aligned with that uh, and we can take action from that field. Uh, but if you're taking action from that field, but it's about fear for you, then you're creating more from the fear field. So we're going to get to play with this for, <laughs> oh, you know, just about eight weeks in a good way, in a good way. Right. Uh, okay. So, uh, lots of comments here and can I please post that chart? Which chart, sweetheart? I'm yes, you can post it. I, I allowed you JLo to post whatever you wanted to in the community group. And, um, you know, all, all of the rest of you can, can, you can at any time post in the living astrology community on the living astrology community page, but because there were some people taking advantage of it, I now approve it. Once I see it's someone like Tom or JLo or somebody else that uh, wants to share, then I just make it so that you can share at any time because I trust that I know what you're sharing. Um, so, but if you are new to sharing to the living astrology community page, then I will approve it and then make you able to do that all the time. Uh, but again, you know, it's what happens. People take advantage, right? Uh, peaceful warriors. I like that, Christine. Uh, okay. So great comments here. I'm sure I don't have time to go back and read all of them, but uh, uh, let's see, Norma Otto, good morning to you. And JLo says, thank you, Janet. It was something I had a dream about since I was a child. Ooh, I want to hear more about that. Uh, anyway, 
that is it for me today. I know I threw a lot out at you. I'm going to post a link to some videos and I will post them on Facebook, Living Astrology Facebook. I will share it to the community page so you can find it in these different uh, places and do some exploration on your own. See where it leads you and then come back and share that with us. All right, you guys, much love to all of you. Take care. I'll see you on Friday. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.